Thunder Media. Andrew Dickerson has been a fascinating chat and we continue it today here on Inside Motorsport. When does your week start? I mean, obviously you're away for a large part of the year. Usually. So for just say a race um, t tomorrow, just say a race on that Sunday would have started like 10 days ago, like the third Wednesday before last week. So you do a little bit of initial preparation, kind of rough out where you want the car built. So then you get the guys building the car while you're racing that race that was on last weekend. Then when you get to the shop on Monday, the car is built. Then you start really digging into it, looking at, okay, are the cambers right? Is this right? Is this right? Okay, that's where we'll start on the simulator. Then we'll go to the simulator on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, run through a bunch of stuff with Kyle. Then I'll come back to the guys, say, all right, this is what we're going to start. This is our setup sheet, blah, this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then by Wednesday night, hopefully we're done. Um, cars loaded up and it'll travel Thursday, Friday, whatever. And then maybe if you're lucky, you get a day off on Thursday. It just depends. So how many days would the cars be on track at a typical round? Two to three, depends. It, it's um, usually two. Since COVID, two. Okay. Given that you have, don't have the damage, the wall damage or anything like that, or other cars, Typically, how much would you change on a car through a weekend? That's the thing. You're not allowed to change hardly anything now. You're, you're not allowed to change springs. The only things you can change is shot clicks and like ride heights. Since COVID, the owners wanted to get away from practice because they saw how much money it saved. Not, go, not running through tires and fuel and changing all this stuff. So it actually just puts more pressure on your preparation because if you're off, you're not going to be able to recover for the weekend. You're just going to ride it out. It's going to be a long weekend. But it's good. I like, I like that. It puts the pressure on the preparation. I, I really like the preparation side of it as much as anything. Let's turn the clock back and it's 2005 and you haven't gone to America and no one showed any interest or anything yeah. like that. Where do you think you'd be in this paddock now? Just That's a good question. Um, I, I, I guess someone's engineer, race engineer, I guess. I, I, so maybe I am. Maybe I'm ex-drivers race engineer but I don't think I would be as good an engineer as if I was to take up that job today because the experience is you're not seeing the broad range of experiences not just racing the world experience of traveling differently and just different culture of racing I think that just makes you more rounded that when random situations are come come up you can you can react to them better um, and I feel like I would have been racing more than 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 the Andrew that stayed in Australia only racing 12 weekends a year to the Andrews been racing 36 weekends a year like he's got more experience in a more different you know, you know how to react to things is that what's there that, you know uh, when I something feel, happens I, the I driver feel, comes in and I gives you like, I feel like I do yeah but yeah. <laughs> it's me it's me and Randall but we, we have to work together but I feel like I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet I'll just tell you a very quick story because it just it's mind-blowing John Russell who was an ex-Williams Grand Prix came over here in about 03 and joined Tickford and was there for many years and then triple eight and he's been working on gen three and um he got an engineering degree and ended up at atomic research facility saw a job advertised williams grand prix went and got there yep. was working on pit equipment designing pit equipment and yep. getting it made 
and uh, was asked by Patrick Head uh, to uh, run some test days, which he did. And in 1990, the end of, got a note left on his table by Patrick Head saying, we'd like you to race engineer Riccardo Patrese next year. So he appeared at this place here in 1991 really? for the first time ever seeing a pit lane monitor. He'd never worked on Formula 4, never worked on Formula 3, touring, nothing. To walk in as a race engineer of a Grand Prix car, I don't know how old he was, but it's just sort of mind-blowing. Can you imagine something like that? I mean, if, if he, that's a pure sink or swim moment. If he can swim after that, then I think he'll be all right. Like that's, that's impressive right there. Indeed. After four races, the mechanics and Ricardo got together. And, you know, the most experienced driver in F1 at that stage, they decided they wanted to keep John as the engineer. Really? <laughs> yes. Good for him. That's fantastic. It is. Yeah. But wow. can you, you're a data engineer? Uh, I, I don't know. I, see, that's the difference. NASCARs don't have data like these cars do. So I think if I'd come up the path to staying in Australia, it would have probably been a data engineer and then maybe a race engineer in, in the, the way it's defined out here. Um, so I feel like over there, I'm, I would say I'm more of a simulation engineer. Um, just working on setup. So yeah, we don't have the sensors. We don't look at data after the weekend because there is no data. So you're relying on your simulation tools to be able to model what you did yesterday. And then you build off of it that way. You, you were fortunate in being able to meet George when Brody came over. Yep. And you've seen, you know, obviously what George, the man he had input in over there, you've seen what he does here. Um, how much would you be able to blend into this, do you think? Uh, I think you blend in pretty, I think you, you, you come with an aptitude to be able to do it because of just your experience. I think it'd take a little bit of time, like kind of learning a new language and the way they do things. But I, I like, I learn stuff w watching George because he just, they have different tools than we have, like some of the, the, the sensors they have on the car with, that we don't have. I'm like, that's really interesting that you guys look at stuff like that. And then... I think vice versa, when he's over there, he's never been to a simulator before and he's seeing it, wow, that's pretty cool. So I think it actually is a better situation when we're working on opposite sides of the world, teaching each other, showing, opening each other's minds to different ideas. When you see these guys and they're sitting there for hours plowing through data from Friday to Saturday or from this race, Thursday to Friday, Saturday, you've got to think, Thank goodness there's no data. That doesn't appeal to me, yeah, yeah. at all. <laughs> Just drive it in deeper and break later. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I see, I find that the data, the data that I'm looking at is more making setup or package changes on a Monday or a Tuesday and seeing how that affects the error balance, downforce, all that kind of stuff, to which to me is way more interesting than t trying to drive a coach. You know, the drive, that's not, I never drove and that's not really my, what I feel like I'm, my spe specialty is. So we hear about the crew chief. There's a car chief, yep. and then there's the crew. Yep. You sit to the side, or where so, do you fit into the I mean, sort the of pyramid? Chief, at the end of the day, the crew chief makes the has a final say on everything. Like he's in charge. He's more of a manager that oversees the whole program. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily aspire to be the crew chief because I have to deal with a lot of politics, a lot of meetings, a lot of crap. Whereas I get to 100% of my day is just working on car performance. I kind of can be under the radar, do all that, and then you know, work with Randall, my crew chief, to say like what ideas or what he's thinking, and then work on packages based around that and kind of throw ideas off of each other, but I'm the one doing all of that work. So I'll be doing that, and then the car chief is basically your head mechanic and your mechanics after that kind of thing. 
Now, we're going to be talking to Richard very soon, Richard Childress, um, and obviously this isn't a question necessarily aimed at you, but I understand that the Erebus RCR connection yep. is stronger and yep. it's going to be interesting for us to watch and see how that develops. Do you sort of, from this weekend, or is it just observation for you here? Uh, we've been working on this for a while. Our relationship with Erebus has been going for probably over 12 months now. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm standing back letting these, this is an important weekend for those guys. They've got a rhythm, they've got a routine. I don't need to be jumping in the middle of it this, this weekend. If they've got some downtime, I'm, I've been chatting to them about kind of their thoughts and what they've been doing and why they've been doing it, but I'm not trying to get in the middle of anything this weekend. But Tom and George are really, I, engineers I really respect and I can learn a lot from them because their skill sets are different to mine. You know, I think that's, that's cool. I think we can make them better and they can make us better and that's kind of the whole idea of this this project we're, we're working on yeah. and overall motorsport i mean we've seen a decline in nascar in the last 20 years i'll say sort of thing there have yeah. been some years where it's, it wasn't just COVID; it was there were other things yeah. sport related almost sort of things yeah. how do you see the comparison between australian motorsport the way it is now and compared to nascar um even in NASCAR, when it even dips, there's, there's still a lot of people going to the races. It's still 100,000 people right. on the grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they haven't quite figured out the best package for, to give you the best racing. Um, so I think that's the struggle over there. We conclude our chat with Andrew Diggerson next week on Inside Motorsport. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.